broadcasting from the PilatesPodcast.com. You're listening to Beyond the Movement with your host, Heidi Miller. Hello, and thank you for joining Beyond the Movement, the Pilates Podcast. I'm your host, Heidi Miller. In today's episode, we're going to be talking with Katie Evertson. Katie is a client of mine at my studio, and she is uh, has scoliosis, and she's been taking our intermediate to advanced mat classes. And so I want to talk today about scoliosis and Pilates and how, uh, how Pilates can help alleviate some, uh, some of the symptoms of scoliosis. But also, um, Katie is a real inspiration, I think not just to people with scoliosis, but people with any, um, any back pain of any kind or any spine conditions, but also in particular maybe to all of us, uh, for all of us to know if we've been limiting ourselves um, and our potential. But let me first start out with describing what is scoliosis. And scoliosis is um, it's a lateral, lateral curvature of the spine. So when you look at somebody straight on, you'll see that there's one shoulder higher than the other, one hip higher than the other. Um, their waist looks uneven. Their head isn't directly over their shoulders. Their ribs are uneven. Um, these are just some indicators. Of course, there are other conditions that could create those same uh, things. But usually when a client comes in, they're already going to know whether they've been diagnosed with scoliosis or not. But occasionally you'll have somebody who um, forgot that they were diagnosed with it because it really hasn't impacted their life dramatically. Because there's lots of different levels or severity of scoliosis. Some people have very mild scoliosis. You can still see the imbalances, but they're not really affected by it. And some people have very severe scoliosis. And they are they feel more affected um, by by it. Now, in a normal spine, if you were to look at a normal spine from the side view, we do have curvature of the spine, so that's natural from front to back. And so we have a curve at the at the cervical spine uh, dipping in a little bit, and then a curve at the thoracic spine coming out, and then a, a lordotic curve coming back in again. And the purpose of these curves are to balance gravity or balance weight through the spine so that there's not one part of the spine that's being stressed more than the other. One of the complications of scoliosis is that because of the, the different ways that the spine can be laterally laterally curved or even twisting can occur, then there's going to be some parts of the spine that are feeling more stress with gravity than others. And that this can present then is some issues with, um, you know, with the spine as far as degenerative disc disease, um, you know, sometimes bulging discs, arthritis, um, and the list goes on. From some of the research that I've done, however, and, and of course, all of you who work in Pilates, you know, a lot of people out there have, um, you know, quote unquote, normal spines and still have a lot of these issues um, because of, of, you know, different postural habits or other spine conditions. So, you know, sometimes they say that um, somebody with scoliosis doesn't really have any limitations compared with somebody else with a normal spine. But that, of course, de- determines the severity and, of course, how this scoliosis has affected somebody's life. Now, of course, if somebody had uh, scoliosis and had surgery, and had a rod put in their back, um, then of course that's going to affect um, their life much differently than somebody who has mild scoliosis who didn't have any surgery done. 
Um, so you want to, of course, know if somebody has had any surgery on their spine regardless. But in particular, you want to know if somebody has had a rod put in their back because then you're going to know that that's, there's a reason why that part of their spine is not going to be bending. Um, so anyway, um, also just to note that a lot of your clients who come in who have scoliosis, most of them are not going to have um, a lot of modifications. But, you know, you do still want to be able to help them because part of our job is to help create symmetry in the body. And that's, of course, for all of our clients. But with somebody with scoliosis, it's going to be maybe a little bit more, um, you know, a little bit more asymmetry in the body than than somebody just, you know, with a, with a normal spine. And so there's certain exercises that you'll see, like, you know, in, you know, side kicks, um, you know, exercise, for example, if you see that they're if they're much weaker on one side versus the other, then you might want to have them do a few more repetitions on the side that's weaker than the other to help create balance, okay? But also, you know, this has been my um, take on it with working with any spine conditions, and and particularly uh, scoliosis, is that as Pilates teachers, you know, we're looking at, you know, symmetry within the muscular system, to help create the symmetry in, in the in the skeletal system. And so most people walking around out there, you know, have the same potential uh, lengthening and strengthening in both sides of their body bilaterally. So, you know, for example, if we talk about the, you know, the iliopsoas uh, as a muscle group, for example, even though one side is going to be much weaker than the other, um, you know, there, the potential is that both sides could be equally strong and equally long. And so I believe that the potential to really um, uh, at least prevent scoliosis from getting worse, depending on uh, what point you come into it, I, I think it's very likely. And, and I think that um, that you can also definitely improve the posture of somebody with scoliosis with Pilates. Um, I, I do have another client in particular who um, has pretty severe scoliosis, and part of her pain is from just standing because her back gets so fatigued just trying to hold her up. Well, if you if you don't have core strength, you know, deep abdominal strength with the transverse abdominis and the iliopsoas, etc., then, you know, you're only trying to hold yourself up from your back. And if your back is misaligned, then one part of your back is going to be working much harder than the other, um, all the time. And so in only about six or seven sessions, um, she's been able to stand for longer periods of time. And it was just a matter of turning on those muscles. So she's extremely excited about the possibilities of, you know, alleviating some of the pain that she has in her body, because some of that pain was more from uh, fatigue. Of course, she's also had numerous um, surgeries on her spine. But you know, um, anyway, she's she's starting to to feel better, and that's that's really what counts. So, anyway, um, let's go ahead and start our interview with Katie, and uh, here she is. So, thank you, Katie, for joining me on today's show. How's your day going? Uh, pretty good so far. Great. So, let's start with. Can you share your personal experience with scoliosis with us? Sure. Um... And when I was a freshman in high school, my I have an aunt who has back problems who actually noticed it. We were visiting her at a, you know at the swimming pool, uh, and she noticed my back and told my mother that I should probably have it checked. And when we got back in, I went to get a physical anyway for 
sports and was uh, referred to a specialist for scoliosis. Um, and within about two months, I was in a, uh, a back brace. I, um, not the kind, there's a Milwaukee and a Boston, and I don't remember, it's been so long which is which, but I didn't have the kind that jets all the way up to your neck. It actually was hidden under my clothing. Um, I wore that for a year, so it was a nice traumatic freshman year in high school between the back brace, glasses, and uh, uh, braces on my teeth. It was uh, <laughs> an emotional time yeah. <laughs> for a young girl. Um, and then um, uh, they monitored me through that. I was still able to play sports, and I could take off my brace to, like, you know, play the games. I played basketball and volleyball. Um, but then uh, over the summer, between my freshman and sophomore years, um, they felt that the brace was not adequately correcting or uh, keeping the curve, curve stable, so they recommended surgery. So I had surgery um, sophomore year, so 81, fall of 81, and uh, had uh, the upper curve only, T4 to T12, I think it is, fused with a herentine rod. Um, and with that... Uh, was in a walking body cast for six months. Um, and after that, kind of being uh, stubborn as I was and uh, encouraged to, I returned pretty aggressively to sports and played volleyball throughout school, tried soccer. Um, so I felt pretty lucky all in all um, in terms of uh, not having to have my lower curve fused, which would have significantly limited my uh, mobility. Uh, and uh, um, still being able to return to sports. Um, and so I kind of, for the most part, actually ignored it. Uh, I was conscious of it, uh, but ignored it. Uh, for the most part, I was able to do what I wanted through my 20s and midway through my 30s. I'd always, uh, they had told me, you know, uh, you need to stay active or you'll kind of freeze up. Um, so up until about mid late 30s here, I was able to kind of do whatever I wanted to maintain a, a physical fitness level, and then I started having problems from jogging um, and found out that, sure enough, now the back was catching up. So now, you know, I have my S-curve. I also have rotation in my spinal column, and now, you know, just based on all of that, I have, uh, there's, you know, the technical terms, but fundamentally, I have arthritis in my lower curve that was causing me some pain, um, the pain where it shoots down your leg a little bit. Mm -hmm. um, and for that, I gave up jogging, uh, just probably too much, uh, uh, too much uh, hitting the ground and took up the elliptical trainer. Um, and then, um, then the next episode I had was actually with my neck about a year after that. And I have a degenerating disc as well as basically arthritis there, too. And that was even a little more painful. And I think that was finally the thing that kind of said, okay, now I have to get serious about my back long term right. uh, to maintain my mobility. And that's uh, that led me to Pilates. Yeah. And so did you? how did you know that Pilates was going to help you with your back? Well, I, you know, as soon as I really started to... Uh, have all these problems, I started paying attention and reading different articles and um, magazines. And I, I, I read one um, that uh, I ended up buying a book, and I can't think of the author's name, but um, she's a Pilates 
uh, what's the right term, you know, uh, author, and uh, mm-hmm. she actually was a dancer and had scoliosis, and that's kind of what uh, I, I found that book when I was just looking at it kind of curiously, and that's kind of was the last little nudge I needed to try. Right. And finding that there was a studio fairly close didn't hurt. Right. So. <laughs> <laughs> and then, so since you've been doing, well, how long have you been doing Pilates now? Let's see, I started about a year and a half ago. I started uh, right after the, the first of the year in 2006. Okay, uh-huh. And then and what have you noticed um, since you've been doing Pilates? What have you noticed with your back? I think in the first year what I really noticed um, was that uh, I felt like I reduced the risk of uh, doing things to aggravate uh, my lower back um, and triggering that pain in my, you know, in the hip down through the leg. I mm-hmm. really haven't had that problem. And there were things that I would do. I mean, even if I, you know, swept and mopped uh, all the hard- hardwood floors, I'd be a little sore if I mowed mm-hmm. them on. And now I can do that without pain. So um, that's what I kind of noticed the first year. And then kind of this last second year, um, I've really noticed uh and maybe it's been just focused different instructors or whatever, uh-huh. that it's really helped my neck. And from the standpoint of um, I've got more mobility in my neck, I used to kind of have this point where I froze, I'd turn and just stop, and now I can kind of stretch a little bit to both both directions. And sure. So I feel like I've loosened up more here in the last, this year, mm-hmm. doing it as well. Well, good. And then how, how often are you, how many times a week are you doing your Pilates? Um, my goal is twice a week, although in the summer it's been really hard and a little better in the, the fall, the winter months, it's easier right. to get over there. We've really, uh, my husband and I have taken up biking, and this summer we've been biking at, uh, up to 100 miles a week. And so I was still getting into Pilates hopefully once a week. Mm-hmm. But even that, I felt good enough to go biking, so I think it was a good combination. And oh, absolutely. Trying to get back into twice a week as the, the weather is going to get changed here soon. Sure. And then um, has Pilates helped you then stay more active and everything else you're doing without pain? Absolutely. I feel like Pilates is now kind of the fundamentals, the enabler to go do other things, uh-huh. whether it's biking or, you know, for a while, even after I had some of my pain, Walking the dog was uncomfortable. And, sure. You know, now I can, I don't think twice to go on a nice long hike. Right. So it's the, it's the enabler that lets me do the things I like to do. Exactly. And what are some of the things you like to do? Well, biking has been the big thing this summer. Uh-huh. Um, like the hike, even with the dog and the foothills and in the mountains. Um, and then just... Uh, just I love this the physical fitness. So in the winter, I just typically hit the gym as well. And mm-hmm. so I had uh, had had so much problems with pain. I hadn't. I was afraid to lift weights or do any of that. Sure. So for a while, I was just doing um, you know elliptical trainer and some some really light weights. But I gained confidence with Pilates that I have the strength to not do a lot of super lifting, but just complement that with everything I also do for variety so well that's great it sounds like you've always been you've always been active yeah we've always either been hiking or Uh mountain biking or you know playing volleyball or one thing or another right I've noticed as I've gotten older I've had to adjust the things but now it's finding the things that allow me to still be active sure absolutely yeah and how would you describe like your pain levels from day to day do you 
have pain every day or is that lim- is that um going away now as well um i very rarely have the pain in my hip anymore i will if i have to be like on a plane that has a really bad seat you know, oh or sure like that but uh, my neck is still something that bothers me and it goes in spurts where i might get an episode where it's daily for uh-huh. a week or two on end and but I have noticed this year that I've been able to go a week or two on end without pain. And it's, Great. My pain anymore isn't that serious usually. Uh, it's just, it's like a little crick and, you know, uh-huh. a headache. Are there so. some things that you've learned um, in your Pilates classes that you've been able to do during the day? Like if you start to have pain in your neck that can help loosen that up? Uh, absolutely. I've, I've noticed uh, even here about about six weeks ago, I had a really big bout where my neck got stiff, and I had a headache. Uh-huh. I don't know if it's called it a migraine or not, but it just wouldn't go away after a couple of days. And finally, one morning, I had been traveling some. I just uh, took the time. It's been about 45 minutes and did Pilates on my own, uh-huh. and it kind of broke. It broke oh. through and relaxed. So if I really, if I'm in the right zone and you're really doing it right, yeah, um, just to take the to take the breathing and relax and really stretch out the back and, you know, uh, you know, be tall, kind of stretch out. Yeah, exactly. Slump out. And, uh, you know, so it does help. And I, I've noticed that it also reminds me, I sit at the computer all day. It, it reminds me to straighten up and, and quit, quit hump, you know, kind of slouching over. Sure. So I try and do that. And that helps a lot too. Yeah, great. And so since you've you've had your spine, of course, looked at, you know, when you were having pain, you have degenerative disc and then some arthritis. Do you have any um, bulging discs or anything like that? No, I haven't been diagnosed with anything like that. Well, that's really awesome. That's really great. (laughs) Yeah, you know, that's, you know, that's really great. And then, you know, what are some of your favorite exercises in Pilates that you do? Okay. Favorite you may not exercises. know. You may not. You may not know the names of them. That's okay. Can you? You know. You can describe well, no, it. I can I, probably know the name. Yeah. No. I. You know. It's uh, when you're going through the stomach series, and 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 you really actually feel like you're using your stomach. Uh huh. Yeah. Sometimes I don't. Or it's <laughs> my neck. Right. Um, right. I like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I started out hating all the rolling exercises. Okay. Uh huh. Because I just. Uh, I have a I have this image in my head of a, hitting a flat spot on my back. <laughs> right, sure, of <laughs> and, course. And I just stop, but I can do rolling like a ball on good days pretty well. Uh huh. So yeah. It's kind of fun to know that you can do them now. So sometimes it's getting through the hard ones and actually being able to do them. Yeah. The ones I'd still like to be able to uh, to develop strength to do are the ones uh, I can't think of the names, but you where you have to pull your legs up and over you. Oh, okay. Roll. Yeah, the rollover. Yeah, mm-hmm. rollover and jackknife. Yeah, those ones. Probably those are. Yeah, those are pretty hard for even just anybody. Those are, you know, can be pretty difficult. But I can imagine, you know, having a T four through T twelve um, with a Rana that would make it quite a bit more challenging. <laughs> <laughs> you know? but I've always been kind of stubborn. I've always hated, hated to have my back in the way. So those are the ones that some, I want to at least be able to do better. Yeah. Well, you know, watching you the other night in class, I was really impressed with the rollover. I oh. thought you did. A, I thought you did a really great job there. Um, so, so you know, besides the, um, so you probably don't find the rolling rolling exercises as much of a challenge as they used to be then, right? 
Correct. I still don't yeah. feel very good with steel. I can't get back there. And oh, okay. I kind of have to keep my momentum through that spot. Sure, stop, sure. So I can't yeah. clap my feet at the top there. So besides the um, the ones that you bring your legs over your head, are there any others that, that um, are kind of like a challenge for you that you're looking forward to keep moving with? Or um, I really feel like I'm getting to a different, you know, another place of understanding. So some of the uh, um, uh, just some of the simple ones I've been enjoying, mm-hmm. the leg lifts and even the arm raises where you're laying down and you're trying to really connect and, and get your whole body together. Yes. Mm-hmm. You know, it seemed like the first year I never really got most of it. But of I was going yeah. through some of the motions and getting some strength. But now if you can really get all the muscles doing the right thing. Exactly. Then, then it almost, just, yeah. It's rewarding. <laughs> yeah. And then it almost feels, you know, kind of easy. And, and But I mean, easy flowing, I guess, is a better word for it. Not easy because you're really involved in it, but doesn't feel so um, hard on the body, I guess, you know, when you get everything in the right place and get everything working correctly. And so with your upper abdominal curl, um, that, you know, that seems like that would be, you know, definitely with where your fusions are, that would be one of the more challenging positions to be in. What are some things that you think about when you're in that position that help you stay in your core more, like on the stomach series that, um, alleviate you using your neck and staying in your in your belly more when you do those exercises? Well, that's a good question. It's a tough question off the top of my head. I'm trying to think. I think the thing that I keep focusing on, I try really hard not to focus on my neck because as soon as I, if I think about my neck, I go to my neck and sure up. Um, so uh, it's, it's kind of, you know, thinking about your, uh, what's that bone right there? I'm trying to think right where you, you bend. Um, right below the chest so i've been trying oh the sternum yeah thank you Uh uh-huh yeah i've been really trying to focus on that recently just as the point where i'm trying to pivot you know around that area yeah instead of my neck absolutely no that's great that's really great well good yeah i was just curious because that would be definitely one that some of the listeners may have a question on you may be having a difficult time with but um yeah that's good so yeah go ahead go ahead so the other part for me is really the shoulders always want to be up. So trying to get those shoulder blades back and down, I spend a lot of energy there. Sometimes right. too much. <laughs> well, I think, you know, that I think working on the computer and, and I think a lot of people out there, regardless, you know, we do tend to kind of wear our shoulders as earrings with stress and it's really amazing how much those shoulders can the endurance that the shoulders have those (laughs) muscles have to stay up next to our ears you know right from you know i mean all day sometimes if we're not aware of them so that's probably a a lot to do with stress and work and working at a computer and things like that um Yeah, yeah i find it really rewarding to go right after work to pilates one, you, of course, erase everything that's in your brain, but I feel like I walk out taller and straighter again to, to you know, go home and be relaxed. And you just you kind of feel all lifted up inside. Exactly. And, you know, I just want to also make note, you know, to the listeners is that you're taking intermediate to advanced mat classes. And I just think that that's hugely inspiring and, and very impressive. And... um I think a lot of people who are diagnosed with scoliosis, 
you know, sometimes are told that they are going to have limitations. It sounds like you were um, maybe told to stay active, so you weren't really told to limit yourself. But were you at every, any point uh, told not to do something? As they, they did encourage me after surgery not to go skydiving, so I thought, <laughs> well, I can probably live with that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh, they didn't recommend contact sports, which, you know, didn't seem to get in my way either. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. I felt pretty good with those limitations. Okay. Yeah, yeah. No, not like, uh, you know, telling you not to bend over or something, you know. Something like that. So what advice then would you give to other people out there who are, um, well, two things. What advice would you give to people out there who are suffering themselves or have had, you know, scoliosis or issues with scoliosis? And then also on the other side of that, what advice would you give to teachers out there who have students who have scoliosis? Um, Well, to people who have scoliosis or any back problems, um, I think there's always hope. And I think the by uh, I want to say taking control so for when I first had my pain in my hip after giving up running I was you know really bummed out I had to give up running and I kind of didn't do much for a few months and uh, then I felt like I kind of took back in control and started doing whatever felt good and first it was the elliptical trainer and then, then that opened me up to Pilates and Pilates opened me up to other things so Trying to find something that, you know, whatever it is, whether it's going to the pool or whatever, staying active and uh, trying to stay in touch with your body has been the most liberating. So I feel strong now. There's mm-hmm. a while where I didn't feel strong. And there are things I know I, st- I can't. Thank you so much, Katie. That was a, an amazing interview. And she's such an inspiration, like I said, to everyone, um, all of us, any of us who have any spine. Um, issues, but also just to anybody in particular, again, whether or not we're reaching our full potential in our life um, with our bodies, with, with, with anything really. And um, so, you know, beyond that, I wanted to also just uh, put a note out there. I am looking for a Pilates teacher for my studio in Fort Collins, Colorado, Mountain View Pilates. And I'm looking for a part-time teacher with potential to go into full-time uh, full-time teaching. And so if you're interested, um, we're going to have a link on the show notes. Um, but you can also go to my website, www.mountainviewpilates.org, and you can get the contact information that way. There's email address for that, um, as well as phone number. So you can call the studio. So if anybody out there um, is uh, interested in, in coming in to my studio and working with me, that'd be great. And or if you know of anybody, pass on the information because, as you all know, I'm nearing the end here and, and we'll be going on maternity leave here in January. And so I'll need someone before then. And uh, yeah, so that'd be really helpful. And of course, if you have any questions for me, you can also email me at Heidi, H E I D I, at thepilatespodcast.com. Thanks again for listening, and we'll talk with you next time. I'm your host, Heidi Miller.